guys, it's time for another episode of the MI Ice Guys, podcasting hard water fishing in the Great Lakes State. All right, guys, it's 2021. The pandemic's getting over. Deer season. We've gotten our deer season pretty much out of the way. And uh, Jake and Steph decided they could fit it in their schedule to join me tonight and start talking about ice fishing because I know everybody's excited. Jake was just talking about uh, when we were getting ready, how his ice stuff is all over his house. Uh, all over. You, you got a circus going up there, Jake. <laughs> I got a new kid now, Elliot. Uh, two dogs, a cat. Oh, yeah. The and ice fishing busy. gear all over the and place. House, ice fishing gear. I have rod holders that aren't installed yet. Lots to do. <laughs> Lots to do. Lots to do. And you've got to kind of hurry up because uh, next week's the NAIFC championship, right? Correct. Yep. So probably going to be leaving um, this Sunday. Um, go for Monday through Friday and then championships Saturday, Sunday. What lake are we on this year? We're on South um right there by the cabins and we're on elbow that's in natawash minnesota so quite a long drive yeah you got uh steph and i did that drive last winter over into minnesota and took us like 17 hours so yep uh we we feel for you heading out there um now you're fishing with keith this year right correct yep so uh partner will be keith and We'll see what we can do. Yeah, we've 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 done pretty well on the walleye side. Um, looking to keep the ying and the yang going all the way through the hard water season. Well, that's awesome. We're going to have to get Keith on one of these uh, podcasts and introduce him to the world of Michigan and get some of his insights on there. So, when you're going to go up, just to bring people up to speed, you say you're going up a week early. What's your plan for the week? What will you guys tackle? Yeah, very good. So um, really putting me on the spot here, Chaz. But uh, <laughs> essentially we've been to. we've been looking at we've been looking at lake maps, we've been looking at vegetation, bottom hardness, and understanding uh, where we think the fish are going to be, where we think the fish are going to head. And um, and then probably we're gonna start Monday probably side by side and break down um both the lakes so just doing some drilling camera work or are you gonna do a little fishing too yeah no definitely do some sample sizing so um try to break it down efficiently first we'll cover the basins understand what kind of pattern are they in an early season pattern are they still in the weeds what do the weeds look like are they dead and then are they still green and and the fish are up shallow um kind of just understand the pattern once once we go from there then we'll pick out other places on the map that look the same as what we find and uh we'll, we'll keep going and then of course you always got to check the basin and then you got to probably recheck the basin and then recheck the basin so basically every time you cross the basin you check the basin absolutely yeah so well you know that's a pretty good plan because even when uh we go fishing here back in Michigan, that it's always a reliable spot to check. And if you're crossing the basin, stop and drill a hole. Right, right. And Even if you don't have a forward-facing sonar, it's nice to put the Vexlar in and kind of swing the transducer around, and it 
if you pick up a mark, you, you kind of know which way to, which way to go. Yeah. I know that Steph and I, in the past, we've done quite a bit of the hole hopping with before the forward facing sonar to where we were doing the swinging of the transducer, especially with two guys to be able to detect which way a school was moving yep. and try and establish some patterns. Yep. So but up there, some of the, some of the guys are running two units and going a hundred foot apart and then chasing them. Yeah. If you do have the, uh, Forward facing That's sonar. Terrible idea. Just terrible. Yes. Or and I know uh, a guy with way, waypoints for that lake as well. Uh, <laughs> not me. Right. Not, not you. Me. Not me. <laughs> so Jake, you drive to work every day, just switching back to Michigan. Yeah. And uh, so you're out on the road a little more than uh, some people. What are you seeing for ice out there yet? Anything? Anything locking up? <laughs> You know, the pond here close to the house keeps locking up and unfreezing, locking up and unfreezing. I think it's because of the strong, what was it, crazy 40, 50 mile an hour winds that uh, some of us got. It's kind of broken open. Um, there's some bays on the way to work going south that are just barely skimming over, but then, you know, it'll it'll bust up again. So it's still, it's wanting to, but it's not quite there. Yeah, I drove out to Norton Shores yesterday and pulled off and checked a couple of bayous and things and came back out to Spring Lake. And the edges are just starting to get a little bit on them. Uh, yeah. But I think we're probably a week, week and a half away from anything on the north side of Grand Rapids locking up. Yeah, and and maybe even a touch longer, especially with that warm spell that we're going to have in the middle of the week. Yeah, they're talking possibility of Saturday of 50 degrees. That's just crazy. Horrible. Um, but Horrible. there has been a, the wind that you mentioned actually is helping pull a lot of the heat out of the lakes. Yeah. So this time of year, wind is good. Yep. Um, snow is know, bad. Snow is bad. So we need very light snow, high winds to pull, a, you know, that wave action actually moves the water around. And we'll get some of that heat out of it so that when it does get still and cold at night, which hopefully before Christmas we'll be seeing some of that, we're going to be able to uh, see some edges locking up. And Steph and I will be creeping out there onto the ice in our floating suits. Mm -hmm. Hell yes. So have you seen anything up your way, Steph? I've had skim ice a couple times and the wind took it out. And then... Uh but not enough to to get on, but it's been a good sign up by Chad's there. We had some lakes frozen all the way across and quite a bit of snow up there. And Yeah, I got some reports of just north of US-10 mm -hmm. that there were some lakes that were locked up. Yep. Uh, I have not heard of anybody getting out onto them yet, so I think they're mm -hmm. probably pretty thin and dangerous. But it's coming that time of the year that everybody's going to be checking and when the rumor hits, everybody's going to head for a lake. It's it's a great, exciting time of the year. Early ice and that bite can be phenomenal. <laughs> right on. Mm -hmm. Well, hey, guys, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to just kind of review each of our top three ice safety tips for you and talk about a little bit uh, what what do you think we ought to get for Christmas for our buddies that 
Need some ice fishing gear. We're the MI Ice Guys. Jake and Steph and Chaz hanging out here talking ice fishing. Just getting ready. We'll be right back. Guys, when you're out on the ice, do you protect your eyes? The MI Ice Guys have partnered with Costa Del Mar Sunglasses. Made in America, made by hand. The thinnest glass technology for sunglasses. 100% UV protection. We love our Costas so much, we took them to Finland to the world's. They allowed us to see where other people had been drilling before, protected our eyes in the blowing snow, and kept us looking good on the ice. Made in America, Costa Del Mar sunglasses. Get them online, get them at a local retailer near you. Remember, tell them the MI Ice Guys sent you and you need the best. Hey guys, we're the MI Ice Guys. Fresh beverage in hand and back to talk about all that great stuff that we're just dying to get into about you know early ice what to get for christmas you know all that craziness that uh we're looking for now jake over the break was asking us what our personal feelings are and i think we ought to share a few of them about the excitement of and what makes early ice bite the best the most exciting so jake give us your thoughts on it first well, maybe my thoughts are a little more scientific, I guess I would I would say. Of course, there's that excitement, um, especially you can get out Thanksgiving, between Thanksgiving and Christmas, right? Like you were talking, Chaz. Um, I, I think it's something that has to do with them putting on the feed bed, kind of like walleye, and the oxygen level still very high in the lake, and the, the weeds are still green, which which means there's uh, microorganisms that are still hatching off of them and, and, and it's kind of going through a transition. So they're kind of putting on the feedback a little bit, um, just like in the walleye stuff. But that's kind of my thoughts on it before the midwinter sits in and then they kind of, you know, be a little lethargic. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think that there's also a little bit of a personal excitement in there when, Hey, it's early ice. It's sketchy. It's risky. You might get wet. You know, you're telling stuff to stay a good distance away. You know, hey, we got (laughs) to divide and conquer here. We're not all huddling around the same five-inch hole. Um, You know, and you listen to that ice as it's talking to you a little bit as you step on it. And maybe it's bowing a little bit as you uh, get a little water on the top if you get a sunny day. And pulling those first few fish through or just, I haven't got to do this in months. You know, there's some personal excitement in it. I think in addition to the, the fish behavior. Yeah, most definitely. Steph was talking about that first bite and he was going through his reaction (laughs) and and the feel. And it's like, I could feel it in my hands. Not going to lie. It kind of made me really excited. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that yeah, first hook set of the system rolling a big crappie or just sticking him good and just feeling that rod bend and it's like oh yeah this is what we're all about yeah and lipping him right up to the hole where it's just oh my god look 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 mm-hmm. and yeah i think there's <laughs> there's a lot of early ice tactics not tactics but things that really make it exciting for all of us and and we've been looking forward to it for months now. 
I know as soon as I got my two deer hung, I started pulling ice fishing gear out. I got the boots out, got the boot dryer set up in the winter position. Uh, you know, it's time to load the pockets in the suit. But you did pretty well this year, deer hunting, Chaz. Yeah, yeah, did, deer hunting. I saw was pictures. Pretty good. Uh, opening day, I got an eight point and a uh, good sized deer, really big deer. Yes, it and was. then uh, second day of season, right during the middle of my lunch, I had to put my sandwich down and shoot a nine point. And wow, that sounds tough. It was yeah. rough, yeah. <laughs> sounds really rough. And then, you know, Wednesday, here comes another eight point. And I passed on that one. I wasn't going to be a deer pig and uh, fill too many other people's tags. Uh, but then I think that weekend, Steph, you got a 10. Yeah. Last Friday of the season there was down to Jackson with Chad and my brother Dale. And I actually had four bucks come out a nice, tall eight point, uh, six point, and a four point. And then. The wider one was the 10. So that's why I dropped it right in his tracks with that 450. Worked great. First deer with that gun, and I'm happy with it. Nice. Yeah, so we got venison. Now we need a little surf mm -hmm. to go yeah. with the turf. Exactly. Oh, yeah. Stuff. Now, you know, with everybody being so excited about, uh, you know, season coming around and everybody's looking – we probably ought to come up with some suggestions. I know we got our Steph and I got a box of jigs the other day in the mail from uh, one of our sponsors. And we went through the K and E box and uh, divvied that stuff up, got, you know, resupplied for the season mm -hmm. and stuff. And that's, that's probably something that's really good to do right now. I know that a number of the bait and tackle shops have their stuff on sale now and prep for Christmas. So, it's probably a great idea to get out there and just, you know, resupply your favorite ice guy with some supplies, you know, some jigs, their favorite colors, you know, glows and golds and things like that are always go-tos and you lose a couple of seasons. So, you know, it, it's, yeah. it's pretty good stuff. What are your suggestions or stuff for other things that somebody ought to be shopping for? Uh, you, you can never have too many fishing rods. Just ask uh, Chad's wife, Rebecca. <laughs> I think Jake's wife would probably disagree, but the house <laughs> is covered in them right now. There is rods everywhere. Mm -hmm. but, but you always need that. Good. You always need that one more, though. Yeah, so you know, Chad, you just. Chad was talking a little bit earlier about like maybe some crazy off the wall idea that you know, somebody could get somebody else for Christmas. Um, I think one of the things is, is the difference between a short rod. I just have this randomly here next to me, right? Where I tight line, you know, 19 inches. That's kind of my go-to, but at the same time, there is applications where a long rod's needed. And, mm -hmm. and for uh, a good Christmas present, it might be, buying somebody a, a long rod maybe they could use it for spoons or you know it just kind of opens up the arsenal a little bit more which i think is kind of cool yeah and on that early ice when uh you know maybe the it's not quite as thick as makes you feel real comfortable backing away from the hole might be a good thing 
especially yep. if you're on clear ice because you know the fish can see through them so sometimes shadows will throw them off and a longer rod backing away from the hole can be a good tactic to pull out there right yeah the long rods are good for the shallow water because you can just set your depth and you just lift you're, you're down and up you don't really reel learn that from the guys up on hamlin just yeah. hammering those nice gills up there in that shallow water weed beds that could be a really fun time way more efficient you can mm -hmm. actually keep your gloves on while you do it um there's a lot of efficiencies that that mm -hmm. have with it now another idea that popped into my head is maybe a fresh set of blades for their auger uh you know a lot of times as the winter goes on there's a lot of things that blow across that ice and blades get dull and whether you're a guy that sharpens blades or you use one of the augers that you just have to replace blades on, that can be a pretty good stocking stuffer for your ice fisherman or for an ice fishing buddy. You know, sometimes you're looking for just to get something for your ice fishing partner and a set of blades and a six pack of beer ain't a bad call. Nope. Just change the blades before you drink the beer. Yes. <laughs> yes. Um, now for any of you, uh, fish widows that are at home, maybe looking for ideas about what you can get your guy, or if you're the guy and you want to know what picture to put up on the refrigerator to drop suggestions, I'll tell you a floating ice suit. If you aren't, haven't made the switch to an ice suit, a floating ice suit is an awesome choice. Uh, not only is it a great piece of safety equipment, but they're windproof. They've got a huge number of pockets. They're really designed for the sport. Whereas, you know, I know there's a lot of you guys listening that still swear by your Carhartts. But I think all three of us can tell you what Carhartts weigh when they get wet. And it's like a sponge. Yes. <laughs> uh, they're, they're really kind of hazardous. Uh, if the ice breaks and you get wet, they don't float. They're pretty much negatively buoyant uh, so that's always a good idea Any another other good ideas, thing guys oh uh, yeah we've had you always been out there with your buddy that goes out there with you and slips and falls on the ice because guess what he don't have Set of ice spikes. spikes yep so those are always handy to i even started carrying an extra pair for that person that forgets theirs or is without and it I mean, you, the last thing you want to do is slip and fall on that ice at any time of the season because you'd be injured the rest of the season. I mean, you can get hurt. Oh, yeah, you throw your back out. It's going to be painful the rest of the season. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I was looking – I was over to Allen Bob's the other day, and they have those eagle claws that are less than 20 bucks, And they look almost identical to our, you know, $70 Catulas. Mm-hmm. And that's not real expensive for you to have a spare set to keep in the truck for that buddy that forgets. Or maybe he just isn't smart enough to buy his own set. So, yeah, great point, stuff. He hasn't fallen enough times. <laughs> no kidding. They're very useful. Yeah. I'll tell you, not only for the slip and fall on the ice, but also sometimes climbing that bank. Mm-hmm. You know, not always do we go in at a real nice smooth boat ramp. Yep. 
sometimes you're fortunate enough to find somebody to let you park in the driveway. They're like a piece of climbing gear. Yeah. And just clean them up when you get home. They're a great, great thing to have. Any other thoughts, guys? Uh, a thousand white spikes or red spikes would do right now. Exactly. I was going to mention that, that uh, ordering up spikes in advance uh, bulk is a great solution for uh, being able to stock up for the season. Uh, yeah. If you fish a lot, it's a lot more economical to buy that thousand in December than to go every week and buy 30 spikes. Yeah, uh, white definitely lasts a lot longer than red, um, so that's always good. You can almost, with our season, keep the entire thousand white spikes in the fridge the whole duration. Um, and then another thing is you could also freeze them. You know, just because uh, they're not moving on the end doesn't mean that it, they're not going to bite it. It's just that scent, so that's uh, another tip. Yeah, and if a couple of guys go in on a batch of a thousand, hey, maybe they only last half the season and you get the second thousand. Uh, what you got to do is you got to go to your local bait shop and ask them, hey, what's your deal for a thousand? Mm-hmm. And sometimes they've got to order them ahead because typically they get them as a thousand, they count them out into the smaller containers. So you're saving them the time and the cost of all the little containers. You're going to just going to fill your bait puck before you go. It's a great tool. And the one last thing I'm going to leave you guys with on this in this segment is fresh line. Nobody has enough fresh line. And with and, all the shortages and everything, it's pretty hard to get. Even we're having a hard time getting some, you know, the stuff that we want. Um, right. Before this next weekend. So. When we come back, we're going to talk a little bit about some season prep, uh, what you should be doing to your equipment to get it ready for the season. And part of that will be restringing those rods. So we're the MI Ice guys. We're going to take a quick break and come back and talk a little season prep. Hey, guys. Chaz here from the MI Ice guys. I want to talk to you about K&E Stopper Lures, especially the Scandia line of tungsten jigs. I've been having a great time fishing with these this year and last year. The new colors are awesome. Check them out. Get out there to your local sporting goods shop and look for that blue packaging with yellow text on it. Pick up a Scandia lure or 10. It's a whole lot of fun to fish with. They're bright, they're durable, and good stuff. Hey guys, we're the MI Ice Guys and we're back. We got to get this last segment knocked out. Sounds like Aaron's getting dinner ready. It's uh, Jake's looking hungry. But uh, we promised we'd come what back and talk, talk a little uh, season prep. Um, we kind of left off with line. And I mean, there's a number of reasons why you want to replace the line. Uh, number one, it wears out. I mean, between the UV and the abrasion. Yeah, especially that know, first 10 feet. Yeah, I mean, if you're the kind of fisherman that 
gets out, you know, eight, 10 times a year, mm -hmm. you can probably get away with pulling 20 yards off the front, clipping it. And you'll get a second year out of a, a spool up. But, you know, you start getting into that third year. That stuff's laid out in the sun several times. It's cooked in the car. It's been hot and it's been cold. It's it's going to go. Now, Jake, what do you strip? Every three, four weeks? Uh, yeah, I, I, I feel it quite a bit. I look at it quite a bit. Um, I probably have 20 or 30 spools ready, you know. Um, I strip it quite a bit. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, even when you're fishing from time to time, I'll, I'll look over and I see Steph. He's running it through his fingers. He's just checking to see if there's any burrs on it, little snags or anything like that. Mm -hmm. And if there are, clip that jig off, strip off some of that line, wad it up, throw it in your pocket, and retie the jig. It can make the difference between losing your jig and not losing losing a nice fish losing a nice fish mm -hmm. and i guess we should you know reiterate the reason why we switch lines so much is because we use small lines so that our jig drops a little faster um and and when you do that there's less room for air if you're using like six or eight pound test of course the little nick's not going to do much but right when you're using that you know two pound test Nick yeah. goes a long way. <laughs> yeah, one pound, two pound, even up to four pound, depending on what you guys are fishing with. Right. Uh, the lighter lines, more sensitivity. It's going to be suppler, so it's going to drop faster. You're going to get better jigging action and response out of the fish. But as Jake said, that little light stuff can show the wear a lot faster. So personally, I don't like to go with two-year-old line. I'll, some some of my poles I'll strip and get a second year. But for the most part, I replace my line every year. And make sure that you get a decent brand of line. Uh, I know some of you guys that are listening are probably pretty new at the sport. And you're like, oh, but my rod came with line on it. Well, uh we're not fans of that line. That's the cheap stuff that came out of China. And uh, it's it's probably really pretty nasty. If you pull it off, it's going to just sit there like a coiled up old phone cord. For those of you old enough to remember what a phone cord looked like. <laughs> uh, but it's going to just retain its coiling. And that's not going to be good for catching fish. So you want to buy a decent brand of line. Whether you go in, for most guys, you're going to have a favorite. You go to your uh, local bait shop, see what they've got. As Jake pointed out, supply chain, there may not be a huge selection this year. So you might want to get out there before Christmas and pick up some line. Uh, even if you don't use it, put it in a just a cool, dark place, and it'll keep a year. And you then you can string it on and put it on a rod. Uh, one of the other things now we mentioned blades, going through and checking those. Uh, but let's talk about the other end of the auger, batteries on your drill. Mm -hmm. uh, it's probably a good time of the year if you haven't been using those batteries all year to make sure they're all charged up. 
make sure they're holding a charge. I mean, uh, cycle them through a through a a full charge and a full discharge, then power them back up. Uh, the same with your ice uh, electronics batteries. Make sure you got those charged up, ready to go, if you haven't already. Yeah, and another good option this year, uh, kind of skipped over that during the Christmas ideas, maybe a lithium upgrade. If you haven't made the move to a lithium battery, they are awesome. They're about a quarter of the weight, and they are not as affected by cold. So not only on your drill, but on your flasher as well. Going to that lithium upgrade is a really good choice. Mm -hmm. They depreciate power a lot differently too. So you have more uh, of the full power going to the unit um, for a longer duration instead of a downward linear slope. And for those of you guys that are upgrading your electronics, you know, and you're getting, you know, bigger units with maybe a bigger screen because you're getting older and want to see it a little better. Those start eating a little more power. So considering a battery upgrade is not a bad deal. You mm -hmm. can look and uh, check the uh, Markham website and they've got some deals on lithium kits and they do take a different charger, but uh, the Vexlar, they've got their kits, and I noticed Alan Bob's had a number of kits in stock. I haven't been over to Brenner's yet to see what they have. But even on Amazon, you can pick up a lithium-ion battery and a charger for about 80 bucks, and you're up and going. Convert your flasher over to it, whether you're in a hopper bucket or in the little caddy. It's a great thing to go through. It makes a difference over the course of a day of fishing or numerous days of fishing. The picking up that weight and moving it that many times as you do, especially on tournament level, that saving in weight really saves a lot on the body. <laughs> yeah, when you go lighter weight and longer time, that that's that's pretty crazy stuff. So batteries. All right, we covered batteries. I saw my Amazon must know I ice fish because <laughs> hand warmers by the box came up as a suggestion the other day. <laughs> uh, it's not a bad way to pick them up. If you see them on sale somewhere, keeping a batch of hand warmers, those are a great thing to have on hand. But the one big one is if you have a shanty, it's probably time to set that thing up and make sure that you didn't leave any dead bait in it. We've got any critters running around. Yeah, I got any mice holes in it. It's it's time to get that thing opened up, aired out. You know, maybe put some dryer sheets in it to freshen the smell up a little bit. And uh, make sure you didn't leave any fish in it or anything like that over the season. Um, it's, it's just a good time to check. What else do you check, Jake? I mean, you're getting ready to go off to the Nationals. What's on your hit list as you're going through your equipment? Yeah, I would say um, equipment's probably up to par um, with line and handles and jigs and reorganizing of jigs. As anybody knows, and they want to retie and they change, they throw it in their 
jig box and next thing you know you have 15 or 30 jigs floating around in your jig box so that's got to be reorganized so you're more efficient on the ice and and this year i've spent a lot of time trying to be more efficient on um like uh, my ice bucket or on my quad or you know what would be on a sled uh how do i maximize my space how do i really break things down do i really need it do i really not um that's kind of what i've been doing this year it's i think it's going to help a lot in the long run yeah prepping those things prepping your bucket cleaning that out um i went into mine and i found you know three left-handed gloves and no right-handed gloves you know why do i gotta carry that mess out there right um probably open up the bait pucks and make sure there's no leftovers left in those yeah which would now probably be flies dead flies yes uh, there's uh one friend of ours that every year he goes fishing with us once <laughs> and he opens up his bait puck when he gets out there on the ice and there's about 10 giant dead flies <laughs> in his bait puck from, and from the ones we gave out, him <laughs> and we give him another 10 spikes and we say yeah you're gonna raise 10 more flies so cleaning those out is going to be a good thing. Making sure you know where your hat is, where your boots are. Are your boot liners dry? Are there any mice in your boots? I've actually washed uh, some of the clothes. <laughs> I, sorry. Uh, yeah. That's, your former partner? Yeah. Um, and and you can re-energize um, the Gore-Tex in, in some of the stuff so that it maintains waterproof throughout the season so that's a preemptive thing that i've done um, early so that when the time comes and there's a little bit of slush on the ground uh you, you don't you stay dry yeah taking just a little bit of that silicone aerosol uh spray that you can pick up at meyer you can pick up at allen bobs at any of the sporting goods shops you go to really after you wash a suit or even some of your gloves, just hit them with that and uh, yep. helps waterproof stuff. Yeah. You, they even make this little detergent you can use now off of Amazon. Really? Yeah. I have not seen that one yet. Yep. I have to look that up. Now, I know one of the things that uh, Steph's always uh, looking for is his favorite little jersey gloves. And so I know that as he goes through the, the bait shops and everywhere he goes, he's looking for those gloves now. You can um, usually get them for like a dollar a pair, and it's just something to break the wind. You know, and that's why you, that's why you find all the left-hand gloves in your pockets and you can't find any rights. You know, it's like, what, why, why do I got these three left-hands? They're not in my pockets. They're at home sitting somewhere. But all the right-hand ones is the only one I use because my left hand is my reeling hand, and it gets messed up with the gloves on. So that's always you know, tucked in your bibs while you're jigging. So keep it warm and then boom, it's ready to go when it's time to reel. Yep. So I guess all in all guys, it's just time to do like Jake's doing spread ice fishing equipment all over your living room <laughs> until your significant other yells <laughs> and just say you're getting organized because they love to hear that you're yeah. getting organized <laughs> and kind of just Set up for a mock fishing day and get everything in line that you need. It's that time of the year. It's a great time to go visit your neighborhood bait shop. 
see what they got that's new. You might find a new color of jig. You might find a new size. You might find they've got some line and you want to snag that up. So I guess it's just time to get ready, guys, and watch for that skim ice. Because right after that, pretty soon you get walkable. Game on. Game on. Yep. Well, we're going to make an effort this year to do like every other week and do a podcast. So we hope that you guys will tune us in, hopefully use the uh, tools on the website to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. And other than that, be safe out there, guys. We're the MI Ice Guys. I'm Chaz. I'm Steph. I'm Jake. And we'll see you guys on the ice real soon guys be sure to check out miiceguys.com not only do we have our past episodes available for download but we also have some recipes our ice map and some great product reviews as well as some tips and tricks that you might be interested in you can also follow us on facebook but remember the source is miiceguys.com